Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Today is the 5th of July, the 186th day of 2021, with 179 days ahead of us until 2022. In other words, we're entering the second half of the year. Today, our Earth is at aphelion, the furthest point from our Sun during our annual orbit, meaning we'll be 1.02 astronomical units, or AUs, from the Sun, which amounts to being 222,000 more miles from the sun than average. Not that we'll feel the sun's summer radiance any less, since our temperatures are forecast to be in the 80s today. We should be used to heat in July, the fourth of seven months that each are 31 days long. July is at the heart of the Julian calendar, having been named by the Roman Senate to honor their Roman general, Julius Caesar. The old-timers in Maine used to refer to two seasons down east, winter and the afternoon of July 4th. This is also in keeping with another important anniversary, the unveiling of a daring two-piece swimsuit by French designer Louis Rayard on July 5th, 1946, at the Piscine Molitor, a popular swimming pool in Paris, France. He called the new skimpy apparel a bikini. And in the rhythm of bikini season, our stand of hollyhocks is in full bloom, gracing the southern wall of our garden like a line of slender, six-feet-tall runway models. But not to be outdone by our stately floral contingent, ceramic and terracotta pots seated on planks across sawhorses hold the basics of our kitchen garden. Basil, cilantro, chili peppers, leeks and such while the patio offers the largest clayware, an assortment proud with eggplant and a couple varieties of tomatoes. All have loved last week's 90-degree days. We humans, on the other hand, welcomed whatever cooling calibration might keep our thermostats from pegging a needle on the gauge. Setting the race buoys on the Stillwater River for the Orono Paddlers Thursday evening events one day and retrieving them the next provided just the refreshing respite I needed. Nothing says relief like floating a solo canoe through a sylvan scene. But the halcyon will be offset elsewhere, as this past week yet another COVID quandary emerged. Although the World Health Organization, cognizant of the disturbingly low vaccination rates in many regions of the globe, advised continuing to wear masks when indoors among other people, the American Centers for Disease Control refrained from echoing the, the WHO because the CDC did not want to go back on their recent removal of various restrictions. This despite low vaccination rates in the American South and subsequent lingering infection rates of COVID, exacerbated by the latest Delta variant strain. Globally, 3.2 billion doses of vaccine have been administered, amounting to 860 million folks being fully vaccinated. But as the New York Times reports, quote, a stark gap exists between vaccination programs in different countries with some yet to report a single dose, close quote. In the United States, our fully fu vaccinated rate is 47%, not a number inspiring many to endorse an all-clear signal. The CDC says the number of total confirmed cases of COVID in the U.S. is nearly 
34 million as of this past Friday, with fatalities nearing 603,000. But the Worldometer's website had those numbers at nearly 35 million and 621,000, respectively, for confirmed cases and deaths. That's an 18,000 discrepancy regarding the number of U.S. COVID fatalities. Globally, the total number of COVID fatalities due to COVID is nearing 4 million. And toward the end of this last week, the number of confirmed COVID cases worldwide approached 183 million, an increase of 3 million cases since the week before. With over one-fifth of the world's cases of COVID, we here in the U.S. remain in first place, though India is closing the gap, having reached 31 million cases by the end of this past week. Behind us, in order of appearance regarding numbers of COVID cases, are India, Brazil, France, Russia, Turkey, and the UK, in second through seventh places, respectively. And currently behind the U.S. in COVID fatality rankings are, in second through fourth place, Brazil, India, and Mexico. Today, in 1810, in Bethel, Connecticut, Phineas Taylor Barnum was born and soon needed to become self-sufficient after the death of his father when Phineas was only 15. This left the teenager needing to support his mother and five siblings. He scraped by with odd jobs while beginning to publish an anti-slavery newspaper, a venture which caused a number of lawsuits for libel. So Barnum moved on to less literary pursuits by traveling to New York City in 1835, taking advantage of the gullible there by exhibiting a black woman he advertised as the 161-year-old nurse of George Washington. She was actually half that age, but the crowds formed and swarmed to see her, and Barnum was making $1,500 per week. Some of his other ventures included a phony mermaid, the original bearded lady, the midget General Tom Thumb, the Swedish nightingale Jenny Lind, Jumbo the Elephant, and, of course, the renowned circus. Barnum called himself the Prince of Humbugs, though seeing his career as a worthwhile endeavor, saying, quote, This is a trading world, and men, women, and children who cannot live on gravity alone need something to satisfy their gayer, lighter moods and hours, and he who ministers to this want is in business established by the author of our nature. Today is also the birthday of colonial American clergyman and father of Connecticut, Thomas Hooker, in 1586, of British mining magnate and politician Cecil Rhodes in 1853, of French novelist, poet, artist, and filmmaker Jean Cocteau, in 1889, of American actor Milburn Stone in 1904, of Canadian musician Robbie Robertson in 1943, of American author and president's daughter Julie Nixon Eisenhower in 1948, of American musician Huey Lewis in 1950, of Calvin and Hobbes cartoonist Bill Watterson in 1958, and American actress Edie Falco in 1963. For more on Omain, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the third official week of summer.